Dear readers, I'm Bryn. I'm Chris. And I'm Alice. And this is PH Drunk. PH Drunk is our weekly ish podcast where we drink to excess and discuss classic works of literature. In today's episode, we're talking about Lady Audley's Secret by Mary Elizabeth Braddon. Uh, Lady Audley's Secret was first published in 1862 and is considered one of the most sensational examples of, you guessed it, sensation fiction. It was published serially in Sixpenny Magazine. Uh, what are we all drinking tonight? Uh, well, we are, we've all had several of our totally made up cocktails made by PH Drunk's resident professional bartender, Ellis. <laughs> Ellis, what is in tonight's totally made up cocktail and what is it called? Our totally made up cocktail is called a berry dark secret. It is muddled blackberries with um, a double shot or triple if you're me uh, of vodka filled to the brim with diet seven up ice and a sprig of rosemary to garnish. And it's fucking delicious. It's dark and sinful and it will fuck you up just like lady oddly herself plus it has a fancy uh, garnish and you know lady oddly wouldn't do anything if it weren't fancy well it has to be rich dark fancy and <laughs> crazy because it's also delicious possibly controversial but not controversial opinion here the best totally made up cocktail <gasps> we've had thus far. what mm. i don't know the attic wife was pretty more than the too. psychosomatic daiquiri I mean, the psychosomatic daiquiri was great. That was pretty I'm funny, I'm personally though. a fan of the Attic Wife, that but this too. is really tasty. Hmm. Maybe one day we can do, like, a full taste test across several episodes. Oh, yeah. Maybe one day we'll, like, have a cocktail recipe book. A cocktail recipe book. Add some vodka till it feels right. <laughs> <laughs> Smoosh some blackberries with whatever you have on hand. I used a spoon. <laughs> Actually, people would one hundred percent buy a recipe book like that. Honestly, sure. when I when I worked at the bar, we used. I mean, it it was a spoon that we muddled with. I mean, it was a long spoon, but it was a spoon. Hmm. You it, can absolutely it, muddle with a spoon. Good, because that's what I did. You can absolutely you can absolutely muddle with a spoon. We're putting that on a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> muddle with a spoon. I mean, I honestly don't know what else you would muddle with unless you like a had mortar those, and like, pestle. Fancy- Obviously. Yeah, but like, okay, only those goddamn hipster fancy bars have that. I worked at like Cheers Light, which was, you know, we ain't got shit like. Okay, well, I have a mortar and pestle somewhere, but I haven't been able to find it for like two years. Of so. course you do, of course Brent. I do. Oh, there's, of course you I do. have zero surprise. <laughs> Every kitchen utensil. utensil. If there's a kitchen utensil, I probably have it. I have no surprise in my body whatsoever that that brand has a mortar and pestle. <laughs> to be completely honest. I also have a mortar yes, and pestle. Yes, of course pestle. you do. If I only have one mortar and pestle, but it's marble and it's aesthetic. Of course pleasing. it is. Of course you do. Is it white marble <laughs> with the gray black lines in it? Yeah. yeah. Did I specifically buy it because it's aesthetically pleasing? <laughs> yes. And does it just sit on my counter <laughs> with some like with some like artistic Himalayan pink salt in it that I never use. I was like, have, yes. has it ever yes. been used? No. It, it has a couple of This times. would be prime oh, okay. opportunity. Uh, It would, but I just threw everything into a mason jar and shook it up. Do you think if I bought Fair. a whole bunch of fancy bar tools, I could use it as a tax write-off and be like, it was for my podcast job? Probably. I absolutely Probably, yeah. you can. Let's do it. <laughs> 
That's my new goal. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Hey, Chris, are you ready for our first segment? Super Fast Tiny Plot Summary. Woo! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So Robert Audley is a dissolute young Hot. barrister, which uh, for non-British people is a lawyer. Um, although he has never taken on a case because fuck that. Uh, he is hilarious. Anything's, everything is pointless. And everyone should just take it easy. And we absolutely love him. So he goes to visit his uncle, who turns out has just married a hot, new, much younger woman. But, dun-dun-dun, turns out she's actually married to Robert's best friend, George Tallboys, who has mysteriously disappeared on their first visit to Audley Court. Did Lady Audley kill George Tallboys? Sort of. Sort of. Also, I really enjoy that his name is Tallboys, and that is also a size of beer. Yes. Also, did you call him his best friend? <laughs> you know what? I think I did <gasps> call him his best friend. It's so appropriate, friend, though. And, and, it's not and wrong. I was going to correct myself. I was going to correct myself and say best friend and then cut cut it. But uh, then I thought, you know Leave what? It in there. Breast friend Leave it in is there. absolutely right. They're, he is totally they are totes breast friends. They are. Absolutely. Yes. It sounds like y'all are talking um, about segment two, themes for days. We absolutely are. I let's just like switch our batting order around here and get into what we all really want to talk about. But first, Bryn, I think it's oh, your okay. turn to do the theme song. Themes for days. Themes on themes on themes. Which theme are we going to talk about first? I was going to start off with the other one, but because we've already gotten into the breast stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because we've because we've already gotten into the the breast friends, uh, I say we start with gay, gay stuff. stuff. Woo! We love gay stuff here, and this book is just rife with so queer much. themes. This book should just be the cover should just be the fucking rainbow flag, and it should just be like, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the title shouldn't like, even subtle, be not subtle. The title shouldn't even be Lady Audley's Secret. It should be Robert Audley and his breast friend. It should be it, Robert Audley's not so secret secret is what it should be. <laughs> Robert Audley's not so secret secret. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wait, so how do we know let's... that though? Someone tell us. Okay, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about how we know that Robert Audley is the queer hero. We've all needed in our lives um one he is just like he has that best like attitude to life it's so appropriate for these times of ennui um and he's just like snarky and funny and um he wants everyone to just like be chill and like the first third of the book he doesn't give a shit like he genuinely doesn't give a shit he doesn't give a shit he lays in the grass and has a room with canaries and flowers (laughs) it's yes his room is so gay it's got like songbirds and flowers and like curtains and a lovely irish lady who cleans for him and he's just like man about towning it and then his friend George Tallboys comes back from Australia and they like get reconnected and George moves in with him and Robert's all like are these canaries bothering you and George is like no they're fine and then Robert's like are all these flowers bothering you and George is like no they're fine and 
they are so gay together, y'all. Well, there's also and he's like, is this sexual are. tension bothering you? And then he's like, no, that's fine. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and they're just like, all, all the time, like, the descriptions of them together is just like how much joy they have in each other and how happy they are to see each other. And like, Robert's the narrator of the book and he's always just like, George is like the dearest friend I've ever had. And I just care so much for him. And like he, George has come back from Australia where he has like been in the gold fields and he's earned a small fortune and he's come back supposedly to reconnect with his wife who he had left three years ago to go to Australia to try to get some money because they used to be poor. Um, So that's like why George is back. But like, I mean, but, like, Robert couldn't care less about George's wife. Like, he's just like, my dude is back. He is living with me. We're happy. We're going to be together forever. And I ship it so hard. Okay. I Does feel like we need to, to address a few things, though. <laughs> like, okay. First of all, they hadn't seen each other in a hot minute. They run into each other. And then it's, like, suddenly a bromance for the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, so it happens real okay. fast. Pretty much almost immediately – George goes into a deep depression over his wife's death and is a total fucking drip. And Robert puts up with it and is like, let me try to cheer you up, dude. Um, maybe we could like make out or something. Um, but nothing happens. <laughs> but like not that that doesn't happen, but like it's implied. Um, so Every time wait, when George when like, George shows up though, when George shows up and he sees Robert um Robert the text describes George again and George gets described as pretty he has a feminine smile uh, and he's graceful. I think they even use delicate, um, but all of those things are used when Robert is like when they're in the same space together again for the first time. Like when while. Robert is looking at George. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like we need to get into like George is not the greatest. So, no, George like, is I'm, not the I'm greatest. With you, I'm with you on the Robert. I can follow through with you on the Robert, but like, the reason that George, like the way, the way in which George left is super yes. problematic yes. because absolutely could not agree more. His wife had just given birth and is in bed asleep, like a week ago, like, imme- like immediately, right? Had just given birth and is in bed asleep with their newborn son. And in the middle of the night, he decides to just leave her like a fucking dear John letter. Like, I'm going to go to Australia for gold and try to make it big and like i'll see you when i see you peace also i'm taking half of the money you have left so bye and then is gone and is gone for three years and does not write without a doesn't write her and like we find out on the ship on his way back like he's talking about like you know going home to his wife and how excited he is and we find out in this conversation he never one fucking time wrote to this woman to be like hey made it to australia safely like hey how you doing how's my fucking kid not a goddamn word from him and then he just like for three years for three years and just expects oh after he bounced out in the middle of the night and just left her a letter and took half her money and the letter says if you don't hear from me they weren't rich the letter says if you don't hear from me then i like if I don't make my fortune and I can't take care of you, then you'll never hear from me again. And then he doesn't talk right. to her for three years. Like, what's she supposed to think? Right. Yes. Listen, so George Tallboys is shit. I'm just going to say George Tallboys is shit. Y'all can think what you want. 
I still, I'm with you on Robert. But you know what? I want better for Robert. No, I no. think Robert deserves better. I, I agree with you on yeah. all of the counts. George Tallboys is not good enough for my precious baby boy, Robert Obley, who is a saint and a treasure, and I love him. I don't give a fuck about George Tallboys, <laughs> and I'm really glad he dies early on or disappears or whatever. <laughs> I am just obsessed with Robert Audley and his just, like, over-the-top, unapologetic <laughs> queerness. <sighs> it's almost, like, it's actually better that there isn't, like, a happy romance for him really like throughout the whole book he's like on his own solving this mystery well and it just lets him it lets him be i know i just ignore that part but like <laughs> it lets him just be okay. his beautiful queer self wait can we explain the what the mystery dear, is dear, though? dear dear readers <laughs> if there's a part of a novel you don't like you could just ignore that part just ignore it it's fine I mean- that's how I do all of what I ignore do. it until you get the gay romance you've been longing for, my friend. And the gay romance is Robert Audley with himself. <laughs> That's all I want. Oh my god, I love it! I love it. Yes, we should probably address the part of the book that I want to ignore, which is like the another very clear uh, signal of just how beautifully queer Robert Audley is. Yes, which is. Clara t- Tallboys, yes. George's convenient sister. Yeah, but that's at the end, the convenient Who, sister. She's so... Ugh. She starts to help, though, because she's, like, wanting to help him find George. And then he's like, oh, damn, this bitch is, like, way smarter than me at doing this shit. And so, like, which, I mean, to be fair, she is. Um, But when he sees her, he's immediately like, oh, damn, like, she's a honey. And then... He yeah, as he reflects describe, on what right, but he—that's what I'm saying. He proceeds to describe like all the reasons why she's like a total fox. But it's like she looks just like George. She sounds just like George. Her handwriting is just like George, and like she has brown curly hair. It's that's basically just like George, but with a vagina. Yeah, it's George, but like society would be chill with it. So like he's like, all right. <laughs> it is. It is such a thinly veiled like. It is now socially acceptable for him to um, to express attraction that he clearly feels for George, but gets displaced onto Clara. And, uh, uh, like, Clara's in the book three chapters out of a pretty, like, hefty book. So, it, to me, she's, it's, she's just, yeah, like, three chapters. Chapters. We find out lots of things about her. No, she's her. not. Yes, she is. Yeah, she's in it for we more than... We find in those three chapters. She's in it more than three she's chapters. In, he's, she's in the chapter... She's in the chapter where he goes to see the dad. Mm-hmm. She's in I, the chapter where he finds her playing the organ in the church. And then she, like, reappears in the, like, last couple it's chapters. It's a traditional three-volume novel. And she appears at the beginning of volume two. So she's in it. She's around. She's introduced her yes but she's, she's not I, when i said she's not in it i mean she's like not on the page in the scenes okay she's not on stage for more yeah than but three through chapters. george <laughs> we hear about her yeah through robert fantasizing about <laughs> fucking george we hear her. so there's clara tallboys who is the uh female stand-in for george there's also alicia oh, alicia which is more more proof of Robert Audley's queer perfection. Um, which, okay, so Alicia Audley is 
Robert's first cousin, and she's like 18, and she is um, his uncle's daughter, and this is the uncle, um, Lord Audley, who has just married Laidley Audley, um, and Alicia is like obviously super has a crush on Robert Audley, and Robert is like, listen, Alicia, I love you, and like you're you're great and you're such a good girl and like you just take everything like too you have too much fucking energy and like if you would just no, calm he down, accuses fine, her of really, bouncing like, the in and out time. of rooms and he calls her i know he i love that girl over and over it's infuriating really he just calls her girl over it and is over. infuriating okay, but to be yes. fair she is a girl she is a child she's only yeah yeah she's but if like this weren't 18, sensation like, fiction she's the obvious choice because they're they're cousins. If he wasn't, if he, if he wasn't, wasn't gay, gay. yeah, I was gonna even say, if he was, is gay and it's sensation fiction. In sensation. That's no, what because, I love because about if you it. look at like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if we want to count like things like the Moonstone or whatever. Like the Alicia character is still the choice. Yeah. Like that's still who people. Yeah. So I don't think it has anything to really do hmm. with like it's because it's sensation fiction. I think it's because like Braddon was like. Oh, by the way, people are fucking gay, so, like, y'all need to start getting on this bandwagon. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The reason that Robert Audley is not in love with Alicia isn't because Alicia isn't good enough, because she clearly is. Like, he describes her in – she's, like, not perfect. Like, she has an attitude, and she has a temper, and all these, like, delightful things about her. And she's also a bit annoying 18-year-old, like, with a really bad crush. Like, she – She's a realistic character, but he also describes her as, like, kind, mm-hmm. genuine, smart. A lot of the things that um, he likes about Clara, as far as, like, her personality, I think are also present in Alicia. Like, this, like, intelligence yeah. and this, like, strength and sort of, like, conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is she doesn't look like George. <laughs> yeah. Like, so what I love is that Alicia's actually, she's not like a bad character at all. She's like one of the better characters with a very sympathetic reading from the narrator. Yeah. Like the, the narrator clearly likes Alicia, um, but she's not the romantic interest because he is not attracted okay, to I have another women okay, can we talk about that don't look like he George. He kind of like leads her on a little bit, and that's where I was like, yes, "Baby, he does." Like I forgive him because he, I'm like, I know you're gay, and you're like trying to be chill. He's like, he does it. He does, yeah. I feel like, and he feels guilty for no, leading her on, and like it's still wrong that he let her on. I don't think on. he really. Yes, he does. Her, no, like, he feels guilty. I don't think though. he feels bad. No, he does. He literally does. He there's a part where he's like, I there's literally a part in the book where he's thinking about her and he is like, I don't love her the way that I should and the way that she wants me to. But if she, but like, if I have led her to believe that I do, like, she's such a good person. Like I should just marry her and like love her in the way that I can my whole life. Cause I feel bad about not loving her the way that she wants me to. Like, yeah. But then whenever she has an argument. offer of marriage, mm-hmm. he's like, also say no though, because like, if that's not who you want, then like, I'm sure the person you want will like yeah. want no, you. No, he definitely leads her yeah, on. Yeah, he's a fuck he boy in that on. way. Yes. Okay, wait, I have another Agreed. hot take. But later, I have another hot take. about it. Robert yes. Oddly is not okay. testosterone enough for Alicia Oddly. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think Alicia's queer, although I would love that. It would be so great. Be but I, all the all the critiques she has for um, Robert. Maybe the reason she doesn't like Lady Oddly is because she just is like pissed she can't bone <gasps> Lady Oddly. Interesting. What? Okay, no one steal that shit because no, I'm going to write an article about it. <laughs> there's no, I, but like, there she doesn't, like, she doesn't think Lady Oddly is. She thinks she sees right through Lady Oddly. Like that's yeah, but she sees all her own qualities. She's like she's young. She's um super. No, she's pissed at her for acting childish. I've read a lot of fan fiction where that's how it starts out, and it ends up in a lesbian love affair. Okay, fine. I I'm sorry. I I actually think that her ending up with Sir Harry Towers is perfect. We'll go for her. Like she just gets she gets her she gets her husband who's like in love with her and she can just like she can just like bang him and then like she can be with her horses and her dogs and like do her thing and like fuck everybody else and it's I mean listen in the same way that Robert ending up with Clara is exactly a perfect ending because he can be married to his straight wife and also lives with Yeah, they all live together. Can we talk about that for a second? Wait, Robert oddly gets the ideal for him ideal for him thruple he lives with george and he lives with george's lookalike clara who has his child and they all live together i'm just saying like yeah maybe robert ollie isn't like straight up gay like maybe robert oddly is bisexual and he's like gay in the best of both worlds and he's like i found the perfect human (laughs) In both fucking that bodies. sounds so I'm like Robert Oddly's dream. I, that's, that's how Robert I read it. Dream. Like that's, that's my how I read it. I read Robert Oddly. Can is... we talk about yeah. that? Like, damn, Braddon, can you write? <laughs> yeah, I don't see story, him as like. <laughs> I I definitely read Robert Oddly as like queer in the sense that he, he you can't label him mm-hmm. as just gay or straight or like he's he's sort of like. You can't pin it's it just down. George. And I just love that journey for him. I love it so much. He just wants to bone some tall oh. boys. <laughs> Don't That's we it. all? Don't we all though? <laughs> and it just makes me so happy because there is like, to me, this book is just like absolutely chock full of evidence that he is queer. And there's no judgment. And it's Listen, so good. Braddon is a bad bitch. And like, I will say though, like, since we're, so we're now on discussion board only because of the fucking plague. Um, so mm-hmm. early on in the novel, I had a few students who were like, wait a minute, is Robert Audley like more than friends with George? Because like, it feels very more than friends. The answer right? is And yes. so I had a few. Right. And so I was like, oh, I can't wait. And I, I was waiting to give them like the reading prompt with like the scholarship on them being read through a clear queer lens because I wanted them to like get to the end of the book and be able to sort of reflect on like everything and also the ending where they like kind of all end up in that throuple. Um, And I was shocked that so many of them were super resistant to it. Hmm. And like, they were like, no, they're just bros. Like they and I was like, baby, you are trying so hard, BB, to not see this. <laughs> like, yeah. You are resistant. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe we need to take Me a look at They oh, do no. protest too much. Right. Yeah. And I, they just could not. And I was like, listen, I know we live in like the reddest of the red, but like 
baby. It is there for you on every page. It's just, I know, it's like a smorgasbord of You literally stuff. have and to uh, my work. My queer heart is you so happy. You have to work to not see it. Like, you have to work real hard. And I'm, like, I know they're, like, 18, but I'm just, like, babies, you got this. Like, just <laughs> let it go. But then the few that, the few that had seen it, like, early on, they just kept getting... And again, I'm pretty sure. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely a lot queer. Of uh, one of my favorite parts. They were like, did Brad get in trouble for this? And I was like, I mean, no, but like critics. That's why you have Clara. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I was like, and no, but like she did have a lot of critics who were against her for many reasons. But no I mean, one look, gonna lots of people have beer. Go at it okay? for that. It's fine. I mean, they still do, but like in this time period, <laughs> they were they were like concerned for the bitches. It's safety. just like, like Robert she made gets this happy real happy. gay. <laughs> like, That's like, why they have Clara the beard. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I love that part in the book where he's like just had an encounter with uh, Alicia, and she like always he like she always takes all his energy out of him, and he's like fuck women. <laughs> so smart and they have so much energy and they're always doing everything right and women should rule the world fuck them yes he admires them in one yeah. breath yes. and then like in the same breath is like and also fuck them but like also god they're really amazing but also no only yeah, one like of the whole amazing. time he's like the- and it's clara no no he no, says he-, he says women that's before ma- he meets clara yeah it, this, he does this, it with what, he does it when he's-, he's talking about alicia for a bit too yeah. yeah but then he does that like, at the it's end just like they, too, he's right? like yeah but he does like when the, he, does the it, one he generalizes about, about women hmm. it's never just like one one i mean he does do things about Claire, yeah. but like when he's like doing the like in one breath it's this how great they are and in the other like fuck them it's, it's always women in hmm. general yeah and it's like after he's had like the, i think it's after harry towers proposes and like mm. alicia is like turns harry towers down and robert's like blah 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 and then he just is like reflecting later and is just like <clears throat> he's like so exhausted by alicia and he's like why can't women just relax and take life easy they're just they have to be in charge of everything well i wonder and, why like, and i want to be like listen all- fucking robert i wonder why the fuck we can't just chill the fuck out like let me give you a list and he's of like he's like for every for friend. every great man in politics or whatever like they could just be having an easy life but it's definitely the women getting and it, like the entire time like he's thinking like oh these women but also, like, listing all of these wonderful things about why women should be in charge. And I'm just, like, I'm just, like, slow clapping for Braddon the whole time. She, like, guys, guys. So good. She's fucking amazing. Like, I love I her love it. so hard. I just love I forgot her. how much I love this book. God, I love this book. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. She's fire. Like, I love she her. She is fire. I love her. Are you guys like a little sad we could like she died before we could be friends a little with her? Because I feel like she would love this a podcast. Little bit. I think I think she'd be like, yeah, Robert's deaf gay. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to redo a room in my home that's canaries and flowers. I don't know how to run that by my partner, yes. but I feel like I need to channel Just some Robert. Ask Oddly. for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> that's how you run it by your partner. We should. 
We should all channel Robert oddly. Like, oh my god. I need some I flowers on so wallpaper, like wall decals. Have y'all seen this hashtag oh, books so as good. outfits on Instagram? How we're gonna have to do yes. Robert Oddly. Uh Robert, what would Robert's Oddly's outfit be? Because I definitely think it would be some like like a purple I don't know, jacket. I feel like I like I would want to go dandyish, but it wasn't like dandies weren't doing their thing yet. Like that's a little early for the dandies. It's a He would definitely I would think like a dark color, okay, like okay. a like a navy velvet or like a purple like an over <gasps> jacket. But then his, his cravat might not be white or like his shirt would have flowers on it. <gasps> his cravat is like, is like with a some black embroidery. and white. Oh, bold move, Cotton. Well his his okay, leggings guys, or uh, pants would probably be yes, very tight. Imagine. Can I just like put mm-hmm. a thing out there that I feel like maybe some listeners might really push back against, mm-hmm. but it won't be the first time people hated me. Um, so I had a student bring this up, and I was like, "You are on it. You are on it. You are on it." Right? And she was one of the ones that was like reading this like through a queer lens, and she was like, mm-hmm. "It reminds me a lot of this other book I had to read once." that was called the picture of dorian gray and i was like stop it and so i like i fucking love my students man like they don't even know how good the work they're doing is because they're just they're like so i'm just like fucking firing it out i there. feel the same way and i'm just like you're a fucking goddamn genius okay so she's like talking about it and then i started thinking and i was like oscar wilde is a queer man and did not write a queer book in a favorable light the way that Mary Elizabeth Braddon did. Like, Mary Elizabeth Braddon did more <laughs> for this queer romance than Oscar mm, Wilde. Sure. To be fair, Oscar Wilde didn't have, like, the happiest life as a queer man, so... I mean, he did, yeah, he did die from it, but, like, whatevs. Yeah. Um, and go to jail. I he had a beard, though. With you on I'm that, like, but but he did have. Yeah, his... no, I'm just saying, like, well, I think maybe I he think... was writing for his own experience, mm-hmm. where for him it was like kind of shitty for him. Yeah, but he doesn't write the experience as shitty. He writes the people as shitty. Like the only person mm. who doesn't suck is Basil, and Basil is like not i mean in the picture of dorian gray but i would love to do a queer reading of the importance oh my of gosh yes because oh, it absolutely yes. is gay yeah but there's even so much there, hashtag like, gay stuff in that one it's, it's so, so gay. gay but like even there like they're like yeah they're funny and like lovable but like they all end up it's like as, a foursome like, friends mar- yeah it's like a foursome in the end like it's it's pretty yeah but would we like? I don't like. We no absolutely know that Algernon and what's his I other know, name? Algernon is like, he's lovable and funny, but like he's not like a good person. Like Robert Audley is like a genuinely wonderful human. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like Oscar Wilde doesn't do genuinely wonderful, wonderful humans. humans. <laughs> yeah, like that's he doesn't like that's his whole. That's like the antithesis antithesis to his well, whole yeah. shtick is like no one is everybody's really a little yeah, bit. Well for awful. a while everybody is yeah, terrible. Yeah. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Everyone is a little bit awful. Yeah. Some so of us like, just it own wouldn't... it. <laughs> <laughs> like Algernon. <laughs> he ate all the fucking so cucumber sandwiches. Should we talk about maybe briefly I know we could literally just talk about this for the next three hours. Yeah. But uh, should we talk about the second theme? Yeah, moral, moral of theme one, everyone's gay. Next. 
Everyone's a little bit gay. Everyone's a little bit gay. The second theme that I want to talk about is the whole idea of artifice mm. and like no. the the mask. I don't even know how you came up with this theme for this book. <laughs> it's because it's all over the fucking place. Thank you. I wasn't trying hard. I mean, I've had a headache all day, bitch. <laughs> okay. So I've been reading my copy of Lady Oddly that we used in the class we all took together where we read this book. And which, I have which, all of these, like, oh, okay. it was in the Victorian Women Writers Club. No, I was asking which, um, which Broadview. edition. Broadview. Broadview, because Broadview is the best. I Broadview, know. if you would like to sponsor us, we would, like, literally oh my God, Broadview, if for you. you. Sponsor, we love you so if fucking you hard. Us, I will sell you my soul. Like, what? <laughs> literally, Broadview is probably our favorite it's so great press slash press it, period i would say not probably like I they've also absolute, been they've absolute, also absolute. been really good in the, my, the time of the rona um in helping students get yeah. electronic copies when they left all their books on campus like they've just been they've, they're phenomenal as a press can you say more about so that good. because i think we should like we should like give a shout yeah, out. yeah, just, yeah. Like, so my students out. used yeah. um four broadview editions this semester and i emailed broadview press and i was like all my students have already bought their books. It's spring break, but they all went home for spring break and then they're not coming back. And a lot of them didn't take their books and we're supposed to read this book here in a couple weeks. What can I do? And they said, we're having a meeting about it. And then the next, right after they had a meeting within an hour on, on that Monday, they were like, we're having a meeting Monday morning. And then first thing Monday morning, they sent me an email with electronic copies just for my students. Um, and they were really nice. They did that for someone else too. Um, they like. I've heard that they made it available to anyone who assigned yeah. a Broadview text. They made sure that they would make it available. Like, it was policy. Yeah. That- I mean, like, the Broadview people are, like, they're, they, they're the motherfucking heroes. They put out these beautiful editions with excellent scholarship. They're pretty decently affordable for scholarly editions of text. Uh, they so do tons of do recovery work. Oh, just Bucking even the parts that are like so even much when it's I, I, I think it's important to note that like yeah like they're a bit more expensive than some of like your more basic copies or even like with victorian novels that are out of copyright you can like look them up but one they're so clean and two all of the appendices you get and the introductions from like top scholars in the and field the notes. like it's just, yeah it's just so i mean it's just invaluable yeah. and and i say this as a person who like doesn't assign a whole lot of scholarly editions like there's a few other companies that i think are fine mm-hmm. but i just think broadview knocks it out mm-hmm. of the park every single fucking time yes anyway yes we love you broadview so much we love so you hard. broadview um Oh, yes, we do. The one qualm, my one qualm. Uh oh. Can I say my one, my one critique? In case anyone from Broadview is listening, everything about your books is perfect, except that sometimes you will put an image on your cover where it is clearly anachronistic, and you cannot put a woman in Victorian dress on a. Are you thinking about Northanger Abbey? Just are you thinking about Northanger Abbey, or vice versa? Or vice versa. It's just like it happens oh, a the lot. The finger is the one that makes me it. mad because the the woman on the cover has like all the buttons up to her neck, and I mean, Catherine yeah. would not have worn that. It's like I love I love this black and white pictures of women thing, but they're but they're, just, they're really, really pretty. pretty. 
They are, but I can't handle anachronistic dress. Like it really bugs you me. Can't, like, you can't. You can't market kind of... to nerdy academics and then not expect nerdy acad- academics to call you on that. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm the kind of bitch who's like, no, I'm sorry, that's an 1830s dress, and this novel is set in the 1820s. <laughs> like I cannot. <laughs> okay, dear Broadview, we won't judge you if you're not that fucking up on it. But like, <laughs> I I suggest a focus. Group I mean, maybe maybe Chris will, but you could fuck her. <laughs> Send all your yes. covers to Chris. Um, Chris is Rodney, looking for. You would like Chris to is looking for a job. Someone. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> she would be happy to be your cover decider person. Oh my god! I almost just cried thinking about working at Broadview and how happy that would make me. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Dreams, oh, man. Okay. Dreams. Okay. Dreams. Okay. So what I was gonna say about my Broadview copy is I have all these these marks, and uh, I noticed as I was rereading that I have that I marked up every reference to cosmetics and makeup and like beauty um Mm -hmm. like regimes because it's so interesting to me my weird little nerd brain um was like this this book is rife with explicit Mm -hmm. reference to cosmetics and like the things women do um to like look the way that society expects them to look and in 1862 when this was published that was not something that people talked about and I love that Braddon is calling that shit out Mm -hmm. because on the one hand it gives us a lot of evidence for the fact that women of all classes not just sex workers wore cosmetics and used beauty enhancing treatments and products um and that the idea that they didn't is like some sort of sexist purity myth it's the patriarchy being Um, like don't tell don't let us see behind the curtain just be fucking perfect and again shout out to broadview the the text the notes the footnotes about that are just like invaluable so good the other thing is it fits so beautifully with this theme of like women who have to do things that aren't socially acceptable in order to make themselves Mm -hmm. socially acceptable Mm -hmm. uh which is lady oddly when she has that conversation and that's another thing that like really stood out to my students when she has the conversation with phoebe who is her so for readers who haven't read the book um Lady Audley shows up to town and works as a governess for a a wealthier family um, before Michael Audley sees her and decides to marry her. And that's how she becomes Lady Audley. So she's working in another house um, and that's how she meets. She ends up meeting Michael Audley and becoming his wife. But she ends up taking Phoebe, who worked with her in this previous home, to come and be her, you know, servant. Lady's maid. It's her lady's maid. Ladies maid, sorry, ladies maid. And so she takes Phoebe with her. And there's a lot of like um, commenting about how Phoebe looks like a less pretty version of Lady Audley. And at one point, she tells Phoebe in detail, like, if you would just add a bit of dye to your lashes and brows, and if you would just put a bit of rouge on your cheeks, and like all of these things in detail, you would look just like me. Which kind of makes you wonder how much of Lady Mm -hmm. Audley, like she says she knew I was beautiful and I could use that. How much is she playing it up? Because it's so, every, every time we see through a man's eyes about like her appearance, it's just like, 
it's like blinding like they can't see any flaw in her which is like the genius of it which is mm-hmm. what allows her to be who she like who she is when, when we she literally describes her mm-hmm. her beauty as her it armor. is it is and so you have to wonder like yes how much of this is her telling phoebe like also i know because this is what i do like a lot yeah i would say that i would i would say that there's probably a lot of evidence that she does use uh cosmetic enhancements because um one of the things that the narrator talks a lot about lady oddly is how calculated she is in her appearance yes. and how she presents herself to other people and like there's that one scene when phoebe is coming to visit her and lady oddly is in her boudoir and she doesn't know that it's phoebe and she like here's the knock on the door and she takes like a few minutes before responding to like settle herself artistically in this chair with a book in the light and all of this stuff be- just in case like because she doesn't know mm-hmm. who it is and it's just like her whole and, and the narrator comments on like her whole life has become this yeah working to present to other people this image of this perfect beautiful childlike my favorite angel girl yeah. Um, because that's what it made that's, me, like, the only way for her it to made survive. me think of like in marvelous miss Maisel in the first season whenever we like see her in her marriage and she would like mm-hmm. wake up before her husband and like do full hair and makeup and then go lie back down and pretend she was asleep when he woke up so he would think that she just woke up like that um which is like mm-hmm. it's so like obviously that's set in the 60s mm-hmm. but it's like that was made today because we still fucking do. I can't tell you how many boyfriends I had early on that I would do that kind of shit where I'd be like, oh, I have to be perfect. And so I like get up to like use the bathroom before mm-hmm. they woke up. And like, really, I was just like putting on just enough makeup to look natural, but like also look pretty. And it's like, are mm-hmm. you like really, really like it speaks to women just like universally on so many levels over so much time, which is. It feels like we've veered from themes for days straight into segment three, character analysis, but make it hashtag fashion. So, Bryn, can you tell us what your favorite thing about Lady Oddly oh, is? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I feel like I did not. Oh. <laughs> Shut oh. up. Shut the fuck up. Oh, everybody together on three. One, two, three. Oh. 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 <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to yeah. stop talking now. Y'all are mean. <laughs> It's from love. I love mm-hmm. it. Sure, I yeah. All right, all right. Sure. It was adorable. It was adorable. Tell us, I'm, tell I'm us more. I'm oddly for you right now. Okay. <laughs> we need at least seven more Will years of Will you be my George Tallboy? <laughs> I got a tall boy for you right here. <laughs> okay. okay. Dear reader, let's let Brent they talk. were drunk. <laughs> I actually, I actually didn't catch a whole lot of the cosmetics the first time around. I saw it the second time, but I really enjoyed um, Lady Audley's many artifices. I feel like she didn't just have like one external artifice personality mm-hmm. mask. She had at least two. Um, and uh, my favorite one was when Robert Audley feels like he's caught Lady Audley, not his wife, his aunt-in-law in a crime spoiler alert he thinks she's committed this huge crime and so he goes to talk to her and he says he starts hinting about it and he says that he sees the mask drop and Mm -hmm. she looks like she's been caught it's like a gotcha Mm -hmm. moment yes but then he leaves and he starts thinking about it and he's like well but 
there's no way that she would feel like I got her if she really did all the things that I think she did. And another spoiler alert, she did do all the things that he thought she did. Um, which means that she has at least <laughs> at least two layers of mask, maskness, yes. maskness, mm-hmm. mask, mask wear, mm-hmm. masking tape. She's got the outside like childish has a sugar daddy golden curls. Mm-hmm. Becky with the yes. good hair mm-hmm. mask. And then underneath that, <laughs> underneath oh. that is like this innocent young woman who may have accidentally committed a crime, but like she's secretly a good person. And then underneath that one is like this shrewd scheming bitch. And you don't see that one until the very end. And even then she tries to cast it through her like possible mental illness. But but you hardly ever get to see this like shrewd scheming bitch level. Mm. And I really enjoy that she somehow manages at like at least, at least two levels of artifice. You could probably, you could probably get more levels in there, but she's a smart lady and she's, she's very young. She is. Can I just say, she is. mm -hmm. I agree with you on the multiple levels. I don't think that she's as evil as you think she is. Are you going to take this okay. away from me too? Tell us why. <laughs> she just wants one evil bitch. Jeez. <laughs> no, tell us, Ellis. Why is she not an evil Counter bitch? Argument. Counter argument from Ellis. I think that she's the OG Blair Waldorf. Before, like, she was Blair Waldorf before Blair Waldorf with, was cool. Like, she's, okay. She is a product of society. She has learned how to do what she can to do to survive. And that's what she's doing. Like she did not have to burn people in their well, beds. You know what though? You know what though? First of all, let's talk about that. Cause I mean, I got two points, two counterpoints to that <laughs> one. She did. Cause Luke was going to fucking blackmail that bitch until the end of time. And two or, or expose her secret. And she was like, I got to do what I got to do to survive. And two, Luke is a fucking abusive prick who yeah. deserved to die. So I'm sorry. I ain't sorry. Luke good is riddance, terrible, but she tried to burn. Riddance. Luke is terrible. Like good riddance for him. But like, she tried yeah. to burn baby Robert. Baby Listen, Bobby. And, like, yeah. I'm with you guys. I love me some Robert, but I'm saying from her perspective, she thought, I have to do what I have to do to survive. And, like, as women, I think that we can relate to this, like, in a way, it, obviously, it's not the same as it was then, right? Like, it's not as bad. But she mm-hmm. had she had no option. Like, she had a father who is drunk and stealing her money to continue being drunk. She had a son she had a husband that bounced the motherfucker out while she was asleep after she had given birth a goddamn week ago, if that. She, mm-hmm. like, and took half her damn money. Just like, oh, P.S., I need this to survive, so I'm going to leave you half. Even though I know your father is a drunk and is going to steal it and you're living with him, so he's going to take your money. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't give a fuck. Like, we all agree that George Tallboys is a prick. But, like, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. she is in a situation, and I think what Braddon was doing which I, I, I keep going, I, I think I want to keep going back more to, like, the Braddon portrayal of her than, like, diving mm-hmm. into, like, the character itself. Because it's, like, Braddon is saying, like, you put women in a fucking position where they have, like, no mm-hmm. option 
And she was like, the only thing that I have that can work for me is being young and pretty. So I'm going to fucking be young and pretty and do what I have to do. She gave money to Mm -hmm. her family whenever she, once she made it, she was giving money to her family. She was honest with Michael. She said, I can't love you the way you want me to love you, but I will marry you. But don't tell me that you want me to do this without considering your fortune. Because a woman like me can't do shit without considering someone's fortune. Okay. Like, she's Mm. calling out all of the things. Yeah, maybe she committed some, like, bad crime. At that point, she knew. At that point, she knew that George was alive, though. Like, she'd already faked her own death. She already knew that George was alive. Like, she could have just carried on being a governess. And no, said- she, she she had changed her name. Yes. But she didn't find out until that he was alive until she had already been married. She had already been married, so she went back and faked her death. After. After the fact. She went back and faced her death after she found out George was alive. I thought it was between governess and getting yes. married. No. No, it was after no. she was It was after... Married. Yeah. She was already married. And um, at that okay. point, she Can knew I... she was fucked because then she's a bigamist. And so she's she's yes. screwed no matter what. So she, she didn't have to check him down, my... well. okay. down a well. My turn <laughs> is where I sit. I sit kind of in between the two of you. Where uh, I 100% see Lady Audley as a product of society. And like, I get it. And honestly, I don't really have a problem with her whole marrying sir michael thing like Mm -mm. i think that's totally fine Mm -mm. i have a problem with her faking her own death Mm -mm. totally fine i can i can kind of forgive her in the heat of the moment thinking she's murdering george George because he fuck george yeah and like in, in that that crime is definitely like so she like thinks that he like she Gets him to fall down a well and she thinks he dies. Gets um, him to fall down a well. In that she moment, fucking shoved him. Okay, she shoves him down a well. Uh, but in the heat maybe of the he moment, should, that's like, maybe, I get, I, like, all up until died. that point, I'm fine with her. And I think, like, it's fine. I don't yeah. love it, but it's fine. I get it. Okay. It's when she attacks my sweet baby Robert, who I love but so much. But he was trying to expose her, though. Yeah, and you know what? In that moment, I have got to pick a side, and my side is with my sweet baby queer Robert Prince, and not with the woman who is planning to murder him in cold blood. I do draw the line at we got to do what we got to do to survive to murdering. So Chris's line is baby Bobby. Baby Bobby. Baby Baby Bobby was the line. (laughs) Yeah, you can't. You cannot go after my sweet baby Bobby. Uh-uh. That is the next seizure. Baby Bobby. Sweet baby Bobby. Go after my sweet team, baby team Bobby. Team baby Bobby. <laughs> sweet baby Bobby. So that's where I sit with her. I think she's super interesting. I can completely justify her up until the point where she wants to murder Robert Oddly. No, the part that I... There are two parts that I cannot, and they're both when she attacks Bobby. I love him. Uh, it's when she... She double she double locks the door that she th- of the room that she thinks he's sleeping in, and that is some fucked up shit. Imagine him dying, burning. Well, he would die of smoke there. inhalation before he died of a fire. Okay, technicality. No, no, like her life was, has been bad up until this point. None of that justifies literally burning someone alive. Like her, her life has been bad in her youth, but 
So are a lot of people who don't burn people up. In <laughs> I'm their just being desperate. No, you can't justify burning bodies. No, no. That argument is logically <laughs> flawed. Love that is argument a is logically flawed and it leads to chaos. It leads no, to okay, chaos. I think, I think, I think, I think the, th- the important thing that I'm trying to say is not about even really whether or not we agree with her actions. I think what I find important about it is what Braddon is trying to say by put by by putting her in that situation and saying, "Look how few options women have." Yes, and look what I they, could not agree look with. Look what you happens more. when you back women into a corner. Women who are beautiful and young and smart and kind become this because this is what you put them up to. This is what mm-hmm. you give them the choice to be. Yeah, and so like I think that's why I feel for her is more about. It's not so it's not even really about like what she does. It's more about like the the comment that she, that Braden is making on society. And like and she does it on multiple levels, like not even just with like what Lady Oddly does, but like she's critiquing the newly like up and coming ideas about madness that were all up over the place at that time mm-hmm. period and saying like because so many people are saying, well, it's inherited. So, like, obviously, a woman whose mother is mad is going to be mad. And it always fucking Hashtag comes down to women. Hashtag attic wives. It always, come, yeah, yeah. And it always comes down to women. Like, you don't hear that shit with men. I mean, you do, but you don't. Braden definitely does an amazing job making you feel different degrees of sympathetic for Lady Oddly. All right. So, should we do final grades now? Yes. Let's do it. All right. I think I go first, right? Because this is my pick. I'm going to give this book a motherfucking A for Oddly, as in Robert Oddly, (laughs) as in Sweet Baby Bobby, as in he is a queer god. And I love him, and I love this book, and everybody should fucking read it. The end. Okay. All right, Bryn. All right. What's your grade? I don't know. I, can I be one of those people that gives, like, a slash grade where I can't decide between two nope. grades? you got to pick a grade. you got to pick a grade. That's the, that's the rule. You can't give your students a slash grade. So you yes, I do. Get... I give them slash grades all the time. Um, all right, then I'm going. You monster. Yep, me. I'm going with <laughs> shock. A. The shock. The shock. I know I can't commit to anything. I'm going with a B plus. I said okay. it. There, that's good. There is a sweet baby Bobby, but there's there's – I mean, I guess it's only like five years of longing, but like, <laughs> and there is a guy being shoved down a well. So like, that's good. He comes back to life. He does come twice. back to life twice. I really like that he does. about two times. He does terrible he does. people coming back to life. That's pretty great. So we're going to land B plus slash A minus. So a 90 solid 90. Okay. Alice, final grade. Everything about it's delightful. Except I don't think Lady Audley should have died in the end. Okay. Fair enough. I get that All she right. gets to live in like a resort style fucking insane asylum and that's great for her, but she still dies and I don't like it. So I give her an A minus. Okay. I mean, if it helps, All everybody right. dies in the end. Yeah, but like, no, not except the throuple. <laughs> no, I meant like in life. Humans. Oh, well. I got existential. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited about Sweet Baby Bobby. So there's that. Uh, Many thanks to all of you for listening and for drinking with us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at phdrunkpodcast. You can also go over to our Patreon page, www.patreon slash phdrunkpodcast, and buy us a drink so we can 
keep drowning our hashtag existential despair, which has skyrocketed thanks to the current global pandemic. The Rona. to Anchor for helping us make this podcast a thing, even though we are technologically challenged. Join us next week to chat yes. about The Odd Women by George Gissing. That's this for us, gentles. Books down. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up.